Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, welcome back. Earn your leisure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got a very special episode today. Yeah. Atlanta's always been good to us. Atlanta's like a second home for us. <laughs> That's a fact. Everybody knows that we're from New York, but we travel a lot to Atlanta. One of our partners, shout out to Mike, is in Atlanta. Big Mike. So, um, you Big know, homie. yeah, so we got a direct pipeline to Atlanta. So we got <laughs> one of Atlanta's. Oh, are you from Atlanta originally? I'm from New Jersey originally. Willingboro, New Jersey. Okay, but you live in Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. All right, like everybody else, nobody's from Atlanta. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So David Shins, uh, interesting guy. He's an entrepreneur. He's an author. He uh, is the head of an event that we're actually going to be a part of, yep. um, Real Social Pools Conference. He teaches people how to become entrepreneurs. He has a podcast. Mm-hmm. He does branding. He's always on social media. Mindset just, tailoring. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. We coined that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> He's a real renaissance man. And if you're on social media and you've seen him um, with the director's chair eating Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> yo, one day you cheated on him. You had like Cheetos. I said, yo, what you doing? Yo, but here's the thing. One of my homegirls, she said, yo, I know somebody at Cheetos. Just make a video for uh, them. I'm like, say no more. I'm not married to no company. <laughs> <laughs> Look, wrap snacks, holla at me, Lay's, Pringles, anything. Look, if it's a, if you got a black owned celery company i they got the same crunch i'm with it yes yeah, so um david he's a uh entrepreneur and, and a true renaissance man so before we start thank you for joining us appreciate it oh, thanks for having me yeah, man. It's man, an thanks honor. for coming up really sure. true honor, welcome man. to the green room uh, y'all been waiting to be a a, a, a 
EYL alumni. Uh, Y'all made that a thing. Y'all made it <laughs> yeah, cool. Appreciate that. Appreciate you said, that. You asked when we were in Atlanta last time, you were like, yo, I'm gonna be alumnus, man. I know it. Yeah, I just wanna be in the conversation. I know everybody <laughs> gonna listen and watch and all that. But I like cause everybody's like, Yeah, we got this alumni. I just wanna be in the numbers, so. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so yeah, so before we start, um, I want to get your backstory because I think it's interesting, especially for people that are struggling as far as we talk about business a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people feel like it's a pipe dream as far as becoming an entrepreneur, business owner. You know, you work a nine to five job and you just barely making ends meet. Being an entrepreneur seems like a million miles away. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of your story. You used to work in the Cheesecake Factory, right? And then you became, so can you you outline that? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, one, I've been trying to be an entrepreneur for a long time. I mean, since I was a kid where I was raking leaves at my house and I look across the street and my neighbor has leaves on the lawn. And I'm like, yo, I really like the fact that the leaves look real pretty on the lawn. But for some reason, my dad makes me rake my leaves. But I go knock on the door, I'm like, yo, I like the, the beauty of the colors, but do you not like the fact that leaves are on your lawn? She <laughs> said, no, I mean, I just don't feel like doing it. I'm like, yo, I got a rake, what's up? <laughs> so, but fast forward, you know, try, fail, try, and I don't wanna say fail, cause everything that, um, that didn't work out through my journey helped me in this right here. So um, the, the final straw was working at the Cheesecake Factory, and this is what happened, it's a cool story. I'm uh, My birthday's coming up, and I've been at Cheesecake Factory for a little while, mm-hmm. And I'm cutting bread for my table, and this girl comes up to me and says, yo, what are you going to do for your birthday this year? Because my birthday was coming up. Um, I was like, I don't know. I ain't thinking about it. She said, let's go back to the club we went to last year. And I'm like, she's like, everybody had a good time. Everybody came out. I'm like, all right, bet. Let's do it. So this weekend, let's go. But she walked away. You ever watch one of those movies where, like, the, 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 the whole room gets dark. There's, like, a spotlight on one character. You know what I'm saying? The, st- the music starts playing, and I'm, like, reflecting in this moment. Right? <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm about to celebrate my birthday with the same people at the same place working at the same job. And nothing wrong with those things, yeah. right? But I get home, and I'm, I'm, I'm driving home in the same car. It was a, uh, I think it was a, a, two, a 96 Toyota Corolla, I want to say. Um, and I take my money, my tips for the day, put it in the bank. And I realized that my bank balance was like a little bit over negative. Like me putting the money in, got it over negative. <laughs> Just cleared it. But it was a moment from the year before where that same, I had like deja vu. I'm like, yo, around my birthday this year, the same exact thing happened. So for 12 months, nothing's changed but my age. Mm. I was in the same exact position. And I said, yo, something's gotta change. Something's gotta change. But my problem was- How old were you? I was 25 when I started. I was 25 when I started my business. So. Um, I, I think looking back, I've always been ambitious, but I never sit long enough to let something grow. I try something, it starts a little bit, then I just get like the shiny object syndrome and start something else. And um, this is the first time I said, yo, that's enough. And um, now it's time to really build something. So, all right, so you get to the epiphany and then, so your first business that you start is the, the kiosk? Mm. So, um, I was I was building a T-shirt brand called Sleep is for Suckers. Geared yeah. toward, I still have it, um, and it's still doing well. Um, but Sleep is for Suckers, geared towards entrepreneurship and people that lose sleep doing what they love. Because I'm trying to figure out what is the best time to build this business. Because I'm working eight to ten hour shifts. Yeah. Um, I still still you know I have some church obligations with my mom stuff like that. Um, and I'm like the only time that I can really build this business is after work. So I work all day on my job and all night on my dream trying to build something. And just came up with the phrase, sleep is for suckers, because that was the, the time window. I had to give up sleep. I wasn't going to give up my job. I wasn't going to give up time with my mom. I wasn't going to give up time with my church. Mm-hmm. 
it was that time window that um, I'm sleep for eight hours. Instead of eight hours, I can sleep six. And for two hours, I can build this business. And if I do that over a week, I'm putting 14 hours into a dream every single week. So, so was it, it was a t-shirt business? T-shirt brand, yeah. And, and yep. we're moving it out the back of the Corolla. Oh, we had the backseat boutique, baby. I'll pull up on you. So you just, so in my mind, I'm envisioning this. This is in Atlanta? Atlanta, and you yep, just drive. Yep. So how does this work? you just driving around, pulling up on people like, yo, you going to barbershops? How, how are you marketing this thing? I mean, it, it first started with, you know, like wristbands. So I got these wristbands that say sleep is for suckers. And I'm trying to sell people on the idea. If I can sell people on the philosophy, and it's regular. I mean, any wristbands you can get. But I'm trying to sell people on the concept. And then I, I put sleep is for suckers on a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. The designs were whack. But pe people felt the story. Like, yo, I, I don't sleep either. Yo, I'm trying to build something too. So um, I started with t-shirts. And, you know, I started with my, my coworkers, my friends, family who say, yo, when that drops, I'm going to buy it. And they don't. <laughs> you like, Exactly bruh. how it works. <laughs> oh, bruh. So at that point, I started this cool story. And I got a lot of stories, so I'm stopping a minute. I'm not going to make them that long. But um, even in my book, I wrote this part called $100 Off Days, where my goal is to build my business on my off days, just my off days. Because I was working five days a week on my job, two days a week on my dream. Every single day, my goal is to go out and sell four T-shirts. I'm selling T-shirts for $25. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to sell four T-shirts. I'm trying to make $100 on each off day. So my boy was like, nah, you got to grind, man. You got to work every single day. I know myself. I'm low-key lazy. I work hard because mm -hmm. I'm kind of lazy. Yeah. I want to get to a point where I don't got to do nothing. You work smart. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, That's what lazy people say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, my, my goal is I'm focused on whatever happens throughout the week is extra, but my goal is on my off days, fill it with work. If I can put time into my job, I can put time into my, my business. So I started hitting these these $100 each off day. So I called my boss like, yo, can you only put me on four days a week instead of five? Because I knew if I could make $200 on two off days, if I had three off days, I could make 300. Mm -hmm. And that joint started to hit. So long story short, by the time I quit my job, I was like working a day a week. So I like trans. So I, I teach people to transition out of their job. Mm -hmm. Let's set these small goals and build from there. So can you talk about that? Because that's important as far as it's all about strategy yeah. in life. And it's like you never just want to jump out the window with anything. So can you break that down a little bit? The transition out of your job. I like that yeah. idea. Was it like I'm thinking to myself like Was there any fear in that? Like or what, how did that play on your mind? Like I'm I'm doing this. I'm out. I don't know. It wasn't really a it wasn't really a fear because it happened so gradually. You know what I mean? It's like with this podcast, you drop one episode, then two, then three, and it starts to build. So I'm trying to make on my, just the two, I'm, my goal is to make $200 a week. If I can't sell eight t-shirts in seven days, you know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a fear of, oh, I got to go quit my job. That would be scary. I'm just trying to make a couple more dollars to like go to the club and hang out and put something on a bottle. <laughs> I, I still want to go buy it myself, but I want to be a person that could chip in. So it, it wasn't really a fear, especially because since I was a kid, I've always been trying. Mm -hmm. The hard part was sticking when I'm only making $200 a week like mm. or or sticking when I'm not really making any money instead of saying, yo, you know what? I think I'm going to try real estate because T-shirts don't work. It was just me. So mm -hmm. the hard part was just staying in my lane and, you know, just staying one course for a while. Yeah, it, it goes back to your, I, I, and I looked at your, your page, the life cycle of a good idea. Yeah. It, this sounds like the life oh, cycle. Oh, for of sure. Everybody ideas. goes through it too. You know what I mean? Like, can you break down that process? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that have ideas and they make it to the first stage of excitement, yeah. but they never make it to the last stage. Oh, never. So uh, I came across this presentation. I was on tour with ET uh, 2017. 
And I think like a few hours before um, I was supposed to turn in my presentation, I just I was like, yo, I got it. The life cycle of a good idea is excitement. Everybody gets excited about the idea, but then you got to move to evolution where you got to start evolving the idea, which is not as exciting as when you got the idea and you get to tell everybody mm -hmm. and you see the vision, yo, this goal was taking me out of my job. So excitement, then evolution, then engagement. So after you evolve it, you got to engage people. That gets scary. Mm -hmm. Cause you gotta actually approach people and make a sale. And try to get the buy-in. You gotta get people to buy in. Yeah. But then with engagement comes resistance. You'll automatically have those people to say, yo, I don't wanna buy it. And then you have to make a decision. And the decision is either get excited about something else or move into expansion. But the trick is taking each stage with you. So if you're excited and you move to evolution, you gotta be excited while you're evolving the idea. And some people move from evolution to engagement but they stop evolving the content. Mm. So once you start to hit resistance, if you're still engaging people and evolving, you're asking people, okay, why aren't you buying this? Because you're still evolving it. You're yeah. still trying to get better, meaning you're still engaging. You're assessing it. You're assessing it. Yeah. And then you make a decision to just don't get excited about something else, fight through it, take all that data, get re-excited about the same concept, retool it, yeah. keep engaging, go through the resistance, and then you, you expand. You, Not, you said something important, and Shadi comes from a sales background, and you come from a sales background. You said a sale starts when somebody says no. Oh, for sure. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, somebody says no, I was next to the, to the next person. <laughs> what, what's the importance of that? Like, what's the philosophy behind that? I mean, when you go into a shoe store, obviously somebody comes up to you and they're like, can I help you? And you always say, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, we're trained to say no. Yeah. The actual set, the game starts when they say no first. Mm. So I was expecting, yo, you wanna buy this t-shirt? And they say no, I'm like, ah, all right, man, well I gotta go to the next person. But then I realized that one of my mentors said, yo, make them tell you no twice. So I'm like, yo, would you like to make buy this t-shirt? And they say, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, yo, are you sure? Look at this, like, look at that. Like this, this, this would be dope with your shoes. And for some reason I started converting. Like people were like, oh, all right, uh -huh. yeah, you're right. Let me get it. Right, so now, you know, fast forward, I was able to leave the Cheesecake Factory and jump into the kiosk. I make you tell me no till you walk away. Because, yo, I've converted on the third sale, the, I mean the third no, the fourth no. And sometimes people will buy because they tired of you asking and they know you're not gonna let them go. Look, I got some, all right, cool, just give, all right, give me that one, here. Take it. Make them tell you no more than once. <laughs> yeah, now the sales is, we talked about that a few times on the podcast, it's something that most people are extremely afraid of because mm -hmm. nobody likes to talk to strangers. Like we're conditioned as kids not to talk to strangers. Oh, like yeah, that's the first thing sure. they tell you, don't talk to strangers. And that carries over as an adult. And it's like right. to walk up to somebody, especially to try to ask them to buy a product and to spend money with you is like, is terrifying for most people. But I always say like, if you can actually sell, do sales, I, I recommend anybody that wants to do be in business to do at least one year of sales. Oh yeah. Selling something. I don't care whether it's life insurance, whether it's knives, whether it's <laughs> cell phone cases, you gotta right, be able to right, sell right, something. Right. If, if you could sell something, A, it takes a fear away. Yeah. And you'll realize that the worst thing in the world is not a no, yeah. right? It's not like people say no, you're still living. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, sure. you gotta develop thick skin to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I got a client, shout out to my man Sam. He came on our, our coaching call, like I have a call in the mornings. And he said, man, how do I take my business to the next level? And my question was like, yo, how many people do you ask to buy your service? And he said, man, not that many. I said, yo, how, give me a number. Like, how many people do you actually ask? He said, well, uh, I don't, not a whole lot. But bro, how many did you ask yesterday? He said, none. I said, that's the problem. So this is what I want you to do, because he's afraid to ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. 
I said, uh, or he's he's a, he's afraid to attend. He's afraid to like uh, like get into sales. But what I told him was, I just want you to ask three people a day. That's your goal. I don't care whether you buy or not, because the pressure is in their answer. And but if you condition your mind to say, yo, my goal is not to make a sale. My goal is to just ask five people every day. So I can go to the store and say, yo, I don't want to bother you. My coach make me do this. Um, would you like to buy this T-shirt? Okay, that's one. Hey, mom, I know I I, I ain't talked to you in a little while. I never I've asked. I never like tried to sell you anything. But yeah. let me get my number out. And if you can start to get your number out, three sales, five. Just make five calls. Make your goal. Make your goal the work, not the reward. Because the reward is scary. Because if you don't get it, you're disappointed. But what you can control is the work. That's the only thing you can control. Mm. So is there a, uh, it's like a fine line between persistence and annoyance? Because I could imagine like, yo, get this, get this, get this, and it's like, all right. Is there I mean, a fine line there? To make a sale, you got to be kind of annoying a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you yeah. got to ask her, people's going to be somebody you want to get on the podcast. They say no. Next time you see them, you need to ask them again. It's only our inside. We feel like mm -hmm. we're being annoying. Yeah. But sometimes people just forget. Or, and I learned this at the Cheesecake Factory, so dope. People want to, they want to eat cheesecake, but they want you to convince them. They want to do it, but mm. the right thing to say is no because it's high in fat calories. But they really want me to ask. They really want me to convince. They feel good, <laughs> strong-willed, because they're saying no because they're on a diet. Yeah, we got this new one. <laughs> oh, for sure. They'll be happy when I convince them. No, it's the no thing is extremely important, and it's important for people to understand not to take things personal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just... Living in New York, I, I was on the subway uh, years ago, and I just did like an observation. It's like people, these guys handing out like free newspaper. They're mm -hmm. free to any anybody that's like coming through the, the turnstile. And every single person was like, "No, I'm good." They looked. They was just, and I'm I'm thinking to myself like, "It's free. It's a free newspaper. Right. <laughs> Why not take it?" But right. it's like they're just conditioned, conditioned that he's trying to sell me. He's not even trying to sell. He's giving it away. Yeah. And it's like no. It's like the same thing. It's like. A pretty girl, like mm -hmm. you might want to dance with a pretty girl, and she, before you even, she's like, no. But it's like you didn't even look at me. Right. No. But she's just used. Yeah. She's conditioned to say no. So yeah. I say I have to say like people in general are conditioned to say no. So peeling back that layer, and saying like, well, why? It's free. It's a free newspaper. Why yeah. come you don't want to take it? Like, yeah. you know I mean, like, let me just get the no out of the way. And you're not gonna convince everybody, but some people, once you just get that first layer, like if you can get past that first layer. It's like a home run after that. Yeah, I think how you how you do anything is how you do everything. So if if you're attempting to make a sale and they say no, if you're working on a product and you just can't figure it out, like these mics, you just couldn't figure out how to get it working, you'll probably stop at that too and just get another mic, mm -hmm. right? But once you develop a certain um, a certain level of persistence, you, once you develop that trait, that carries to everything. You know what I mean? Like if you can be if you can be <clears throat> persistent in a in a sales transaction, you could be persistent in getting that person interested in that, enough to date you or trying to close that deal. I believe how you do anything is how you do everything. So you sound like you're gonna be the host on Bachelor, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some steps like you said? You coach people um, to become entrepreneurs from their, their nine to five. What are some steps? I'm sure there's a lot of people that may listen to this podcast that have nine to five jobs and want to become entrepreneurs. Like, what are some practical steps that people can take? I think the first step is just set a goal. And I don't care what the goal is. Ideally, if you're new in entrepreneurship, you don't want to set a sales goal or a reward goal. You want to set a work goal. So mm -hmm. your work goal might be starting out 
from six to seven every single day, I'm going to work on this product or this project. Whatever it is I'm doing from six to seven. If you got a podcast from six to seven, I'm reaching out to people to be on my, I don't care what they say. Their answer doesn't have anything to do with me, mm -hmm. but for me to hit my goal from six to seven, because that works on consistency, you get more comfortable reaching out and you're putting a whole bunch of people in your pipeline. This for th this particular scenario, I guess with podcasting, but the first step is to set a, a consistent goal that you can hit because you can't control if somebody buys or not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think the first step is if you have a business, you set some work goals. And out of those work goals, if you get comfortable in that long enough, then you set some small reward goals. And you just do that consistently. My, my goal is to sell one a day, whatever the product is. Let me just sell one a day. And you do that often enough, you'll get tired of that. Now, you know what? I'm glad you said that because that's something that I learned <clears throat> early on in business when I was first came into business, right? And I learned that you can't, people make the mistake all the time because they say, okay, I want to make $100,000. And in order to do that, I need to make $2,000 a week, right? And it's like, okay, I'm going to make $2,000 a week. I'm not going to work two weeks out of the year. So if I make $2,000 for 50 weeks, I make $100,000. But that's not really an attainable goal because it's like, what does it take to make $2,000 mm. a week, right? And you don't know. Exactly. You've never done it. So yeah. it's like if you're selling a product, right, you might say, okay, I need to sell 10 of these, whatever they are, in order to make $2,000. But, but even saying, all right, I'm going to sell 10 products, that's really not a good goal because how are you going to sell 10 products? You got to dig deeper and say, okay, in order to sell 10 products, I know I need to speak to 100 people. Exactly. So the goal is not to sell 10 products. The goal is to speak to 100 people. Exactly. So now you dig it down even deeper and it's like, okay, well, how do I speak to 100 people? I need to get 25 referrals. Mm -hmm. I need to go to five networking events. Mm -hmm. I need yep. to cold call 100 people. Yep. That's the formula for me to speak. My goal is to, if I speak to 100 people, I'm going to sell 10 products. I'm going to make 2,000. But a lot of times people do it backwards. Yeah. They say, I'm going to make 2,000. They get frustrated because it's June and they haven't made any money. Right, <laughs> right. And it's like, they just quit. Yeah, the question is like, how long did you think it was going to take to be successful? <laughs> right, right. And I, I mean, the, the, the other thing is, the, you're saying the numbers are so practical, like one. You're not saying even 10, like yeah. one. Like yeah. that's practical. Like if I, I can reach that, if I didn't hit it the first week, all right, let me try that one for right. next week. It's yeah, not yeah. like, yo, if I make 2,000, if I make 100, like, yo, you made 100. Like you might yeah. even overlook that. Like, yo, you did 100. It's not right, 2,000, but right. like, it was something, right? Yeah. Setting the goals that are not so lofty. And that's, I th that's a good strategy. I think just people remind themselves, yo, a year from now is going to be here. So if we just started this process a year ago, and we started this process, let's say, a year ago. And you were on this journey of selling one every single day. You know, you just sold 365 products to this date. And can you imagine the personal development, what you've learned about yourself, the skills you've acquired by selling one every day. So let's not let 12 months come. Like, like my story, I felt like I was asleep for 12 months. Mm. Nothing's changed but my age. Let's set, like something in this process is going to change 12 months from today. Yeah, that's crazy. Because I'm thinking like how many people have gone through that like every year is the same but the uh -huh. age yep. we're in the same spot same girl same guy Cause same you, job because you're setting a goal and you it's like losing weight it's like right, i'm gonna lose 10 pounds this year no you're really not <laughs> but you can just Thanks, say Shady. it it sounds good <laughs> right right and it's like before you know it the year's over right right let's just say yo i'm not gonna eat i'm not gonna drink sodas let's start there yeah you know what i mean something you could because you you can't okay y'all i'm gonna go raw vegan i'm just <laughs> Bro, just listen. And, just and I, th I think it's good too. I read a book called, called the Twelve Week Year, mm -hmm. and so the theory is that they break the the year into twelve weeks, mm -hmm. 
And it's like, instead of setting a goal for a year, 52 weeks, set a goal for 12 weeks. You can actually break it down. I talked about this before, like weekly, monthly, but smaller things are much more attainable. Mm -hmm. Like to say, okay, I want to make, I want to do this per month. This is my goal for the month. I'm not even thinking about next month because next month I I might have a different goal. Yeah. Yeah, But if I set a goal for the year, it's too long of a period for me to actually track that and you get discouraged and then you just start knowing. Have extreme discipline to do that. Yeah. I want to think it's about like the external thing. The whole game is in our head and who we are. The whole game. Yo, for for all my entrepreneurs watching right now, you want to start something, you're not being consistent in your business. Let's see if you can make your bed every day. Let's try that. <laughs> to be consistent. Right? So yeah. what happened? First day, just like anybody's diet, yo, I'm on it, make my bed, bop, bop, dang, I'm I'm good. Second day, third day, fourth day, you'll be getting to the door, rushing out, and then you're like, ah. I forgot to make my bed. You run back in, like, all right, cool. I'm back. Got my got my joint going. We do that for a couple of days. Next week, you leave out the house. You on you on the highway, ready to work. Now you forget. Oh crap! I forgot to make my bed. Now we got a decision to make. Mm-hmm. Do we like go back and do what we say we're gonna do, or we be like, oh, I'm gonna do it tomorrow? Like we do everything else in our lives and endurance. Yeah, I, like, I learned that development. even from sports. It's like you learn about endurance, and it's like I said all the time: entrepreneur endurance. 90% of people is not going to last because they don't have the endurance. The facts. It's like, all right, you know what you need to do. You need to make these calls. You need to do this. But in order to do it every single day for mm-hmm. three years, every single day, yeah. that's a different level of commitment. Yeah. So it's like people might fall out the race after a week, after yeah. two months, even after 10 months, you might just tap out. Yeah. But like Nipsey said, it's a marathon, marathon right? Like you're marathon to, you got to have the endurance. Stay in some game yeah. for a little while. Just do something. Just something consistently. One of my ideas gonna work. <laughs> no, for sure, yeah. for sure. You just develop through the process. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you? How do people know when it's a good idea to quit their job? Obviously, when you make enough money. But most of the time, people quit their job where they're really still not sure financially, right? Yeah. So, like, what's your advice for that? You might be making some money, but it's kind of a risk if you quit your job. Yeah. But if you quit your job, you can focus so, more time yeah. and potentially make way more money. Yeah, good point. My, my advice is to set a quit number. So the quit number is, I will quit my job when I hit this number. If I don't hit the number, then I don't quit. But some people say, yo, if I can make $100,000 a year outside of my job, I'll quit. Well, you've never done that before, ever, right? So my goal was, if I can match my income, mm-hmm. If I can, if I can get to like, if I can get to a thousand dollars a week, I'm gonna quit my job. That was my goal. And if I can do that consistently for four months, I'll quit my job. So when I quit my job, I was doing about a thousand dollars a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's the first step. Like, let's let's see if you can hit a goal. And some people like, yo, I just if if I if I had more time for my job, I'd be successful. But those same people that say some say that, if you look at their day and their time windows where they do have time to build, they don't build. And they think they got to get rid of that eight hours at their job to mm-hmm. do the same thing they're doing now, which is nothing, in their free time. Yeah, that's what I said. We, I argue with this, uh, my colleagues all the time. They're like, how do you have the time? How do you have the time? I'm like, yo, we all have the same 24. Facts. We all have the same 24. Facts. Even if you spend that hour, like I talk to teachers all the time, like, yo, listen, you guys advocate for kids better than anybody I've seen. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you wrote a book about that, mm-hmm. like how many people you could help, parents you could Facts. help, underserved families you could help. I don't have the time. We're talking right now for a half hour. <laughs> like you could have been recording this conversation. Right, it's right. like, yo, we have to find the allocation for it, man. Because yeah, yeah. that 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 book could sell a thousand books, and now that's your whole year's salary. Yeah, it's like yeah. Wall Street. Quit. Wall Street Trapper said, um, 
that you have to have your freedom price. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's very powerful. And it's like a lot of times people don't know. You don't know anything. Like you're just doing stuff and you don't have an idea. You don't have a blueprint, right? You got to sit down and map things out. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, this is the amount of money that I feel comfortable with leaving. Mm-hmm. He calls a freedom price. You just call it whatever you want. But it's going to be different for somebody, everybody. So it's like one person's freedom price might be 40000 a month. Mm-hmm. Another person's freedom price might be 2000 a month, whatever. But you don't really, you, how can you even A, gauge what to work towards if you don't know that? Mm-hmm. And B, you're not going to know like when you're going to be comfortable if you don't know that. Like, you got to map out all of your bills. For sure. You got to yep. map out sure. like, you know, a contingency plan, all that. And just say, okay, this is a nice cushion, 5000 a month. I should be good. Yeah. But most people never do that, yeah. and they have no idea, and they just kind of just winging it. I don't like think I, they got a question for you too, Shaq, because I was telling uh, Troy, yeah, I had a client years ago where she had like, like she was selling solar products, right? Like stuff that goes on the house, um, phone charger, stuff like that, solar products. And she was like really building this joint. She had a job, she was making like $30,000, $40,000 a year. But her business started to make 25000 per month, mm-hmm. right? So, but for some reason, she... She never quit her job, right? She wanted that security of, let's just say, $40,000 a year, but she was making 25000 a month with this business. And if she'd have quit her job, she was focused on that, she'd build it, but she was scared. So I want to ask you a question. Why do you think that happened? Um, fear. Fear. She tried, truly never believed in the business. Because a lot of times it's like you start, a, you start a business and it's going successful, but you still don't fully believe in it. And it's like, Okay, if I lose this, this can go away tomorrow. Yeah. At least I have this to fall back on. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I, I don't think people even think of the freedom. Like, so mm-hmm. if we said a freedom price, most people wouldn't even they have no idea what it is. Right. They never even thought of it. Ever. It's not obtainable. But you ask those same people, are you happy at your job? You know, I, don't, I, I can't do this forever. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, what do you plan to do? I don't know. <laughs> They've never thought of it. It was like or a well, pie in the sky dream that yeah. they have that they're not working towards, for sure. Exactly. Well... <laughs> There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What's your freedom price? That's the question. <laughs> so in the next segment, we're going to talk about e-complex. We're going to talk about branding and a bunch of other cool stuff. All right. So in this segment, I want to talk about a few things. But um, first thing I want to talk about is branding. Um, so you branded yourself uh, very good. On, I think you have 64,000 followers on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Um, I checked today. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure it'll be even more. We're going to check a week after the episode Appreciate comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, if, if anybody's not familiar, your name on Instagram is Sleepers for Suckers. Correct. The number four. Um, and you have a thing where you, you like, do these um, these clips in a high chair with eating Doritos, mm-hmm. right? And I I watched a clip of you saying, like, the reason why you do that, the consistency. Can you talk about that? Like, how that, where did that come from? And, like, why is that part of your, your brand? You know, here's a crazy thing. Uh, y'all watch Plies on Instagram? Sometimes, Plies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so fascinated with how he was getting out a whole message, a whole story in 60 seconds. I was watching him. I'm yeah. like, yo, this is so entertaining. I feel like I watched a movie for 60 seconds, right? This is like before, you know, we had IGTV and all that. And I was like, yo, you know what? I want to see if I can get a message off in 60 seconds and make it entertaining and fun because that's what Plaz did. He made it entertaining and then I want Drake's album off that. Oh, oh, for sure. Right, right, right. right. So I was like, yo, but how am I going to do it? Because I don't want to be corny like everybody. Yo, what's up, man? It's your boy David Shears, man. I got three points for you today. I ain't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, So I'm real big in just having a thing or a gimmick. So um, I was watching this uh, show. Shouts out to my my mentor, CJ. He, uh, He showed me this video called Hot Ones, where you seen the show, the show Hot Ones? 
No. Oh, this joint's fire. So he interviews people, but the only difference between his interview, he's asking basic questions. Oh, the hot sauce and the wings? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, That joint's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, line, the line of questioning isn't the, the centerpiece of the interview. The, the interview is, what is their reaction to the hottest wings? Yeah, those are crazy. I thought that was genius. Yeah. Yo, he, he just put interview around um, finding out how an interview will react to hot wings. Yeah, some people don't finish the interview. Right, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So I'm like, okay, how can I do it? And I was like, all right, I'm going uh, to eat something. I don't know what it was because before that, I was doing these videos where I was eating cereal <laughs> and I would like give some bars. And people hated that joint. <laughs> Cause they hear the slurp and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was like, yo, I hate it. But the information's so good, I would keep watching it. So I'm like, all right. And then I stopped that for a while. And I was in the studio. And first, if you go back, I was eating gummy bears first. And then I think all we had was Doritos after that. And I started eating them. People were like, yo, I love the Doritos videos. So I kept doing Doritos videos. Dorito Dave. Oh yeah, Dorito Dave. <laughs> it just happened that way. And I, I'm really authentic in who I am because if, say I'm eating some, some chips or something and you come to talk to me i'm not gonna put the chips down and be like oh let's have a conversation i'm gonna keep eating them joints right yeah, so yeah, you're known for it now i wanted to be a, all i wanted to be like this is just how i operate i felt a little bad today i was like when you came i was like <laughs> yeah, i only no got doritos. pringles bro <laughs> i told him it's in my rider man it's in my rider i need doritos <laughs> say, damn man shotty's a cool cool ranch guy you're not a cool ranch guy i never seen you with the cool ranch. yeah i rock some cool ranch okay but i'll be trying to find the different flavors but, <laughs> but it's because it's, it's even when we interviewed wallow and we was saying like um anybody that follows wallow you know he's always doing especially in the early stages he was like doing push-ups in the rain that's his thing like jumping out of garbage cans run up to the camera yeah. That's his thing. so we asked him like yo why'd you do that and he was like um you know i realized that coming out of jail and just being no somebody that nobody knew, I had to separate myself from the girl on Instagram and lingerie, the dude with the muscles, the mm -hmm. like I'm just a regular person. Like how do I separate myself on a world full of everybody that's doing completely different? He's like, that was my thing, that was my niche. And it's like, no matter what you do, you have to be unique. Yeah. So it's like just something like that, you're eating Doritos and you constantly doing that while you're speaking, it catches people's attention. It's yeah. like I just got eating Doritos. Let me, hear, right. let me hear what he's talking about. Like, yeah, maybe? and it creates that conversation because some, uh, my boy in my church, he was like, yo, I cannot watch some joints because of the crunch. It, it's killing me. Mm. And that's what made me do it more because some people love it, some people hate it. And any anything that's ever been big in history, some people loved it, some people hate it. Think of something that everybody loved that just became a thing. Yeah, both sides. I mean, they talking. People talking negatively. They talking positively. They you talking. need to have that conversation. Yeah. Yo, you be watching the dude with the Doritos. I hate that. Yeah, I love that. I need that conversation. Yeah. So, CJ, I'm, that's Et's partner. Yep, yep, yep. Is is that? that yeah, we hear. We gotta get here, introduced we, we, to we, him, we, man. He was so many. He'll, he'll, he'll be there Friday at Social Room. He'll oh, be there today on there. Social Room. Yeah, a lot of people. Everybody. Everybody talks about. We've never met him, but is that where your marketing like? Genius starts or hundred percent. Yeah, he, he's a, the brainchild behind it. Absolutely, he just he's always he always pushed me to think unique. Like like do what's not happening and do that. He was like, I was at his office one day. He was like, Yo, man, I just can't figure out why cars still have four tires, bro. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yo, you mean to tell me out of all the technology, they ain't invent a car where it's just like one wheel and it just move. He's like, yo, that's where that's where my head is. So, ever since that conversation, I'm like, yo, I got to do something that's that's different. Everything I do, I just want it to be different. Like right now, I'm doing the 
videos where I'm like writing out principles. Mm-hmm. And you can't even really read what I'm writing, but it gets so much engagement mm-hmm. because it's just different. Like I'll draw a little smiley face and you can't read the words and I'll misspell some stuff and I can add that into, but I'm not saying anything that nobody else is saying. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm putting it in a different, fresh, entertaining way. One of those videos that I, I caught my attention was the human bingo. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you talk to us about All that? the facts, yes sir. Um, so I had this idea to do this uh, event called IG Post Exchange. And shout out to my girl, Brie Renee, um, my partner. She's killing it in Atlanta, radio host, follower, Brie Renee. But um, we, I, the, the core idea was IG Post Exchange, where I get a whole bunch of people in the room and we just shout each other out. So I'm like, yo, I'm here at the IG Post Exchange with Troy. He got a podcast. Tell him about your podcast, right? Yeah. It, it costs nothing to shout somebody out. It costs, like, a candle doesn't lose something by lighting another candle. You just like that joint and I'm still good. So that's my concept, getting a bunch of people in the room. But then I'm like, all right, Brie, how are we gonna execute on this? You know, we can't, it can't be just IG post exchange. So we got around the table. He's like, yo, we're gonna do um, human bingo. Mm-hmm. So when you first come in, you get a card. And in this card, there's nine squares. And in the nine squares, you write out what you need. I need a videographer. I need somebody that does PR. I need somebody in the music business. I just, this is what I need. So we're not just, networking is stupid because most people are just like, yo, I'm going to network. And you just go in there and you talk to whoever you can and you leave. But networking is really about getting what you need. Mm. So if we identify before we walk in, I need to jump on a podcast, I'm gonna ask you, like, yo, Rashad, you got a podcast? Oh yeah, you do? Oh, great. My name is so-and-so. Now I checked you off my list. I found what I was looking for. So human bingo is just that. You identify who you need and you try to fill up your card. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a oh, lot they of going to steal this idea, too. Look, <laughs> like, we're going to see IG post all across the world now. And it's all good, though, so do it. I'm not that's, mad. That's Just invite dope, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the whole point of networking is to meet people, right, that you can add value to and that can add value to you. For sure. So it's a lot more efficient. It's like kind of going to Marshalls and you just sorting through racks of clothes that mm-hmm. you don't want for mm-hmm. the one piece of item that right. is, like, good. But good people point. don't know what they don't. So say I'm I'm looking for a web designer yeah. and I'm at a networking event. I'm like, yo, Troy, what's up? Man? My name is David. I got this clothing brand. I'm doing this event. Um, do you do web design? And Troy says, no. I'm like, yo, well, do you know anybody that does that? And he says, no. I'm like, all right, man, Troy, nice to meet you, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm moving on because yeah, I like there's time. there's something that I'm looking for. But some people just walk into a building and they just hoping to have a good time. My networking is super intentional. Yeah, because like I, in my mind, I'm thinking like, yo, if that web designer is in that room, he could be leaving in five minutes. Right. And if you miss that five minutes, now you've missed your web designer. Yeah. So it's that yeah. it's super intense. I like that. And also with the um, I know you said that you do. So you have a podcast, mm-hmm. and you said one of the things about the podcast you like to interview people because it's a great networking too. Is relationships. I told you said that. Oh, for um, sure. Can you talk about that? Because it's true. Even like with our podcast, it's like one of the good things is that we meet so many different people, yeah. and the interview is a really good way to network with people because everybody wants to be interviewed. You'd be mm-hmm. surprised, even if you have Thanks. a small platform. As long as it's not taking too much of their time, like even, they might not be able to meet with you physically. Yeah. But if you say, like, "I want to, I want to do a write up on you," I want to, because people, especially successful people, when Maverick Carter said this, like they always want to tell their story. Right. They want to tell you right. how it's just not enough people is asking them, especially if they're not like celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch of everyday millionaires who nobody knows, right? And it's like instead of trying to say, "Hey, can can you mentor me?" Like, no, that's what's in it for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like. 
can can I have coffee with you? No, like, hey, I want to do an interview with you, right? Yeah, time for coffee. Uh, can I do a write up? Even if you don't have anything like an outlet yet, yeah. you got Instagram. That's your yeah. outlet right there, and it's yeah. like that nine times out of ten, they'll be willing to sit down with you, and then from there you develop a rapport, a relationship, and who knows what could happen from that? Absolutely. I mean, if if there was, say, I didn't have a podcast. What's your name? Abdullah. Abdullah. So Abdullah doesn't have a podcast, but he sees somebody that's really successful, right? What would you say to him? Yo, I love what you're doing. Can I take a picture? <laughs> that's, that's you feel me? Those are the two lines. But, right, oh, for sure. But with Earn Your Leisure, you're like, yo, you so-and-so. Yo, we got this podcast. Look at the numbers. Or without even the numbers, like, yo, I got this podcast. I'm a, a, I want to interview. I put some clips together. You could post the clips of your interview on your page. And I just want to, I want to, like, I have, a, I have a conversation. And what happened was, it's crazy, the way I got Alex, so shout out to uh, Alex, my shout alumni out. brother, uh, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, my yeah, alumni yeah. brother now. We, um, we, we spoke about that. The yeah. importance of your interview with Alex uh, to the Earn Your Leisure interview with Alex, man. I watched it, Shadi watched it, and when we came together, I'm like, yo, you watched that interview? And we used that as kind of our blueprint to, to talk to him. Yeah, Alex so is- thank you. Uh, he's low-key to plug this, because <laughs> like, the, I wouldn't know y'all if it wasn't for Alex for some reason, right? But I interviewed probably, I think I interviewed G. Bryant, who's seven figure uh, uh, fitness company, just yep. just amazing entrepreneur who's had a, a, a large impact on me. Um, but I interviewed G. Bryant, then I interviewed, I think, uh, Kenny Conwell, and they're all in that same circle. And what happened was Boniface Ogunti, who's a king of marketing, big time. He called me, he DM'd me, like, yo, I'd love to be on your podcast. I'm like, word, I see him all the time. He's a genius. <laughs> yeah. So I interviewed Boniface, and then for some reason, I was just talking to Alex somehow, and he's like, yo, man, I'd love to get on the podcast, right? And then Alex came on the podcast. And that network, because I had it, their friends started to see, like, yo, I want to be on that podcast too. So, I mean, probably from this interview, there'll be some people in your network that will reach out like, yo, I'd love to be on your podcast and lead them over to mine. So mm-hmm. if there's a successful, pro- I, man, I, I encourage everybody, if you want to build a brand company, whatever, just have a podcast so you can at, at least have something to say to successful people other than can we take a picture? Yeah, and that's something that I actually, it was funny that you say that because um, we ran a Dame John and uh, Miami Super Bowl and um I walked up to him and, you know, like you said, if you don't really have anything to say to somebody, only thing you can say is like, here's my business card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's getting thrown in the garbage. For sure. Every or time. Like, hey, how's it going? I'm a big fan of your work. I appreciate what? it. I can't hear you. What? So <laughs> it's like I walk up to him and, you know, in this case, I actually did show the numbers. But even if we didn't have numbers to show him, like, you know, we got a podcast, da, 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 da. And then, I mean, when he saw the numbers, he was impressed. But. Long story short, that opened the door for a conversation. Yeah. And he's like, all right, let's connect the dots. Let's do the da, da, da. I actually had something to bring to him. Yeah. And then who knows where that relationship can go. So, yeah, and that's kind of like my thing now with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, if I meet Mark Cuban, he's like, yo, what's up, man? We got yeah, one of the top business podcasts. What's up? Da, da, da. We did that to um, Gary Vee. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. It's, a, it's a door opener. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. You got something to add. For sure. And there are some people that are looking like, yo, I'll never get to those people. But my philosophy is it is um, if you can interview some people that are on the level that you're on, let's just say they're level two, right? They're not super successful, but they maybe got a cool story. If you interview enough twos, you can find a three because of all the interviews of the twos. Mm-hmm. Make sense? So if you get enough people that's on level three of success, business, whatever, 
you get enough of those, you can at least get a number four that's connected to a three and you just move up the scale. So I started with my circle and my circle has grown into like bigger circles, but it wasn't like, yo, I'm trying to go get Mark Cuban. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to just give me give me all the people that's doing something dope in my neighborhood. Yeah. Let me well, start. Well, that's, that's important, too, because it's like a lot of times, especially you you actually might be better off interviewing your neighborhood person because yeah. a lot of times they actually have more money than celebrities and they're more useful to you. Like I used to have a public access show. I just stopped it because it was just I didn't have enough time, but I had it for years. Mm. And the reason why I did I the guest. public, a, a, it helped me. I was a guest. Yeah, he was a guest. <laughs> oh, yeah, for real. <laughs> it, it was, it, and it was a great networking tool in my community because it's like now, like let's say it was like a local CPA I wanted to network with, like locally, and it's like uh, you want to come on my TV show. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to be on TV? Especially right. you're not a celebrity. Nobody's approaching you about interviews, but you're successful. You got you're a successful real estate developer. You're a successful CPA, whatever, a lawyer. And I, I did that a lot. I did that for like four years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great, I used it pretty much as a networking tool. Each month, I know I was going to be able to network with somebody and build a relationship. Yeah, and it only has to be about success. Everybody has a cool story. Yeah, the stories are the, the, the what makes it dope. Because like, even the person with the, like we're saying, like a level three, the beauty is watching that level three, like you interviewed them, and now they become like a level 10. Yeah. Because it was like, yo, we saw you on that podcast. Yeah. And your story sure. was so powerful. And now we want to support everything you do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much beauty in there. I think that's, and that's why people resonate with us a lot. It's like, yo, we're happy in the success of the people that come on. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yo, we helped each other. Right. Like, oh, you for came sure. on, you told your story, you didn't have to come on. Mm-hmm. And like now, like, everybody wants to hear your story. Absolutely. So it's super dope. I think, every, I, th- I think it, it, I'll just throw out some ideas. I just love like helping small business entrepreneurs. But my boy, Tommy Holt Jr. Um, he's going to do a podcast interviewing. He does real estate with Max Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to he's guy. going to interview people who got their first deal. Ain't that crazy? Like I'm all people who got their first deal in real estate. I'm interview those people or you interview everybody who has a job at a dream. They ain't start building it yet, but it's content. Like, yo, what is your story? What is holding you back? You know, I, I'm waiting for the podcast where people go around and interview homeless people. Mm. Like I talked to, and if you if you're homeless and come up to me and ask me for five dollars or some cash, I'll give it to you. But I interview all the time. I want to know how you got here. I want to know the story. Yeah. Like you interview people who just got out of prison yeah. or people that's actually on trial and they might go to prison. And you got to figure out where they at in this space and their trial isn't over, but they could go to prison. They could go home. Like it, it doesn't always have to be about successful people. Everybody it's has about a story. An idea, bro. Yeah. And that, and that was one of the things. That, and I, I I was telling the people in our summer program, right? We do a homeless outreach. And I'm like, the first thing I tell them is like, no one ever thought they would be sitting here. Mm. No one ever grows up and says, I'm gonna be homeless. But yeah. something along the way got them here. I'd subscribe. You see what I'm saying? So it was like, yo, we're gonna treat everybody the same because everybody is the same. And we're gonna give to them because that's more important than anything else. Facts. And they appreciate it. So like one of the things we tell them is like, yo, there's no need to be afraid. Sit down, have a conversation. Cause think about how many people walk past them on a daily basis and don't say a word. One of the mm-hmm. one of the best shows HBO ever had was Backseat Chronicles. Remember oh, the Taxi oh, Taxi, taxi Cab Confessions, Taxi Cab Confessions, and that was yeah, it's Backseat Chronicles of regular everyday people. And yep. now in this day and age of social media, where everybody's trying to chase celebrities and all of that, and it's like you might find a niche with just regular people that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Because way more people can relate to that. And that's mm-hmm. why that show was so successful. Because it was New York City back of a taxi cab. Before yeah. Uber. Before Uber. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, people, It yeah. was just regular people. 
just saying some crazy stories. Doing yeah. some crazy things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that happened too, but so it was like, people was tuning in. Like, we watched every season. Yeah, and right. it was like, right. so it's like. There was a wild stuff going on. That yeah, show. it was crazy. Welcome to New York City. So I think, I think that's important for people to understand. It's like, it's cool to find celebrities and like you said, but sometimes you got to think outside the box. You might be able to just really hit it out the park with people that nobody knows mm. in a series like that. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's a perfect example of a series that was on a major TV network with random people that was extremely successful. Absolutely. I was I was at a school last week, and I was telling that this is me and my friends. We, we were, like, downtown Atlanta. This guy comes up. What? Really well-spoken. He said, uh, would you gentlemen have to happen to have any money just trying to get something to eat? I'm like, um, sure, no problem. But I'm asking, I'm asking questions. I'm like, yo. Because he's so well-spoken. Um, you can tell he's, like, educated. And I was like, yo, yeah, I'll give you the money, but I just need a conversation. How did you get here? So long story short, he was like, yo, man, I was – he didn't say yo, man. He was, like, a professional. He said, well, actually, I I had a really, really good job, and what happened was my coworkers used to ask me to come out to hang out with them and party after work, but I'd always say no. You know, I'm going home to my family, things of that nature. But one time they asked me to come out to a party, and I said yes. So I'm, I'm hanging out, and it just surprised me. All I'm doing cocaine. Mm. He's like, yo, wow, this is this gotta, is crazy. Got to try it. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they asked him. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, yo. Maybe. <laughs> my, my, thought, my, my thought process. But he's like, yo, I'm not doing that. And look, they kept asking my man. He's like, yo, every time he go out, he's like, yo, you want to try it? Just, just one hit. He's like, no, I'm good. And he said, man, this went on probably six months to a year. And one time, one day, I said, I'll try it. And it went that bad. Because I'm looking at these people. <laughs> they do cocaine every day. Every day and it's yeah. a regular life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, social yeah. drug at this point. Bro, yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. social. Like, yeah. they still got their job. They, they ain't all stressed out how I see it on TV. Yeah. And he said, uh, what happened was, you know, I tried it at one time and it was cool. So I started hanging out with them more. Now that I tried it, you know what I'm saying? I never od but... I just, I did it again. And what happened was I started, I enjoyed it and I started doing it by myself just as a recreational thing. I'm mm -hmm. sure they did too. Mm -hmm. And I guess his, his work performance started to slip a little bit. And he said, uh, you know, I kept coming in late, things of that nature, and they fired me. And my wife knew exactly why they fired me. So she left me. Mm. So what happened was, long story short, I couldn't get a job because I couldn't kick the habit and I found myself here asking you for money. Wow. So I asked the kids in the school, where did it happen? Like, at what point did he make the mistake? And some kids like, oh, when he tried it. It wasn't when he tried it. It was once he got in that environment. Mistake. And you can't, it's hard to do the right thing in the wrong environment. Conversely, it's hard to do the wrong thing in the right environment. Mm. If, say you drink, yeah. and the people here don't drink, it's hard for you to just order a drink. Yeah, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You feel uncomfortable. But conversely, it's hard to be the person that doesn't drink in a room full of drinkers. It just doesn't, not saying drinking is wrong or anything like that, but for the kids, that was my example. But it was the environment. So I gave this whole presentation on environment, and it was real. But I wouldn't have got it if I interviewed a homeless guy. That's powerful. Very deep. <laughs> Very deep. Rashad would have tried it. <laughs> All rip. All rip. First day. Got to do it. What y'all doing over there? Let me try. Let me try. <laughs> so, all right, can we talk about E-Complex? Because, uh, yeah, thank you. We actually yeah, did. Man. We did. We did our workshop at your events. Very, it's awesome. a very so dope. Powerful. And the thing about it was actually in D.C. and um, we was talking in D.C. and um, 
I was telling uh, somebody about your your uh, the thing, and they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 he he got an interesting thing." This is before I saw it, and they're like, "You know, it's a warehouse that he converted into an event space," mm-hmm. and I didn't fully understand like the concept <laughs> until I actually saw it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a yeah. warehouse that's actually converted into a creative workspace." Like, mm-hmm. how did that come about? How did you get a work? That's a pretty big location. Like, uh, we we're looking for it. I mean, I, here's the crazy thing. I, I I do. I was doing vision board parties uh, every year, and I drew out this like thing called entrepreneurship complex. It was like years before I actually built it. Um, and what happened was, I, I I was doing this coaching program. I was like charging maybe three hundred dollars a month, and I had like eight clients. And I was like, yo, I'm getting tired of coaching. So this one young lady, uh, Janae, came up to me and was like, yo, I want, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about being an entrepreneur and I just want to like be around entrepreneurship. She came to my kiosk, I had the kiosk at this moment. And um, we just started working together on my nonprofit. She's like, yo, I'm, I, I work in finance, I can help out. I'm like, all right, cool. So we just started working together. And then another guy, Brandon, came to me and said, yo, I've been watching all your videos and I'm a videographer. I don't know if you need video help, but I mean, I'd love to be a part. Like anything I could do, because you helped me quit my job watching your videos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, bet, you on the squad. So we just got together, and I'm like, yo, I'm gonna, I wanna build a coaching program, I just don't wanna do it myself. So if you two would help me build it, we could split all the money. Mm-hmm. So we built it and split all the money. Then I'm like, yo, the next thing we gotta do is I want this event space, it's a dream of mine, I wrote it down three years ago, and I'm like, let's start looking for it. And I said, well, let's just take the money from the coaching program and put it into the space. So for a while, and we had like 150 people in the coaching program, for months, we didn't take any money for ourselves. We put the money into the space. So it costs about $90,000 cash. You pay pay cash for it? Absolutely, Mm. absolutely. I mean, we're leasing it, but it was open. Like there was nothing there. So, but the build out was so expensive. And shouts out to Lee, the landlord, he kind of helped out with it. But we came together to build a coaching program, rolled the money into a, event space and now we all equally own it together that's dope and that's the yep. power of working together facts yeah, all money in too yeah facts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right well in the last segment we're going to talk about what we everybody's waiting for what we're waiting yeah. for yes yes Hell. so and before i go uh ladies and gentlemen just say no to drugs <laughs> <laughs> This Drink. is a no, no. This is a PSA, public service announce, announcement from PSA. The good folks of Annual. Drink responsibly. Act accordingly. Yes, that's our motto. Facts. All right. So in the last segment, we're going to talk about the Real Social Proof Conference, and this is something that you are CEO. That title. Uh, I guess. Yeah. The head. I mean, whatever. I'm the only person to put money up. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess. So you. So you, so you put together a conference in in Atlanta, and you got a lot of heavy hitters. You got a lot of EYL alumni. Max Maxwell, Mr. Two Weeks Out, Alex Good Energy, yes, Nehemiah Davis. We will actually be there as well. I got so many questions for y'all. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, 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 we're teaching yeah. a so workshop we, on how to build a podcast. So and then, we know then you got about. Eric Thomas who's headlining. Yes, sir. Yes, so you sir. put together how many how many people do you have presenting us? We right now have sixty three. Sixty three presenters. Yeah, sixty three, six figure, seven figure, multimillionaire, and a black billionaire. Coming to teach. Who's the billionaire? His name is Melvin Nunnery. So, my man, yo, he's so genius. He built the company and sold 30% of the company for $1.4 billion to the Chinese government. But you got to watch the interview. It was crazy. So, he built a company called Scholarly, Mm -hmm. where it's a recruiting recruiting app that connects, like, kids to college scholarships. 
So I guess he was having a conversation with the Chinese government and he built a separate entity, Scholarly International, and mm. sold 30% of the separate entity for $1.4 billion. Mm. So Chinese kids get scholarships to come here? Hold, hold on. How's bro. this work? He built a company yeah. that he owns 100% of, Yeah. then built another company and sold a portion of that for $1.4 billion, but still owns the initial uh-uh. company. So it's like a replica of the original company. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so he's, he's like the bridge for Chinese kids to, um, you know, for the states and vice versa, things of that nature. And, uh, yeah, brilliant dude. Second man. business did a billion. One point. That's beyond impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> beyond. Bro. Come on. He's Yeah, he's in the building. Okay. He's in the building. So. Um, From me asking, yo, you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> here's, okay. yo, well, here's the crazy. Here's what's wild. No lie. I can't make this up. He joined my coaching program. It was $97 a month, and uh, he joined the coaching program. So you were coaching him? He was just, yeah. So it was on, oh, on like morning calls, and he jumped on. He said, yo, I love your stuff, and he just came on. And I just thought it was another person. He's like, yo, man, I just sold my company for a billion, man. You going to follow me back? I said, what? Of course. I didn't know who he was. And, um, yeah, so from the content, he loved Dorito Day's videos. He loved the podcast, things of that nature. So yeah. that's why I'm telling everybody, just be active. You never know who's watching. And he joined, and... I realized, yo, this guy is amazing. So I'm like, yo, you need to come on the podcast. <laughs> and from there, like the relationship's just been amazing. Sounds like somebody we, we need to know. Oh, facts, <laughs> facts. So how does it work as far as putting together a conference? Cause it's like, conferences are real big right now, seminars, yeah. stuff like that. So this is really big. You got 60 presenters, two days, you got a huge space in Atlanta. So. Mm. What's the finances behind that? Like, how do you put together? You gotta have insurance. You gotta mm-hmm. pay installments. Like, what? It, how do you do that? Um, first off, I, I would I would definitely give it to you. Uh, but first off, I don't recommend conferences, man, because it's like it's literally the one of the only things where you will incur a public L. Mm-hmm. Like, if you start a podcast, nobody really knows how many subscribers you have, or you have a product, nobody knows how many you sold. But if you put on an event. And nobody's there, you take that L publicly. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's All it's a lives. scary thing. Yeah. But um, so just to run through the numbers, last year we did it. Um, I think I might have spent fifty eight thousand dollars um on the venue. I spent uh fifty five hundred per day. Um and I gave like the speakers like a little bit of money because I mean, how do you pay that many speakers uh to come? But um yeah, the, the biggest thing is the venue all the stuff that comes with the venue and you got to watch the venue because they'll give you the space, but they're going to charge you for electricity. They're going to charge you for internet. They're going to charge you for like different drops. They're going to, they, they charge you for everything. They charge you for staging things of that nature. So you got to find a venue that works well. But this one right here, the venue was, ele- it's $11,000 a day. So it's 22,000 for the two days, but I'm coming in early to set up and they're charging me half a day, which is 5,500. So 27, five, just for the venue. Mm. The production, and I can't even say how much the production is because the guy that's doing the production, One Stop Production, shout out, they do huge events, like A3C, y'all, y'all heard of A3C? Mm-hmm. Yep. So he produced a whole A3C, he does, yeah, he does events for Coca-Cola, everything, like huge, I'm talking about lights, camera, action, smoke, all that kind of stuff, he does the whole thing. But what's interesting, he gave me he gave me a really good number, um, but I'll, I'll just say it's over 25,000, mm. okay? Um, but what he's doing for me is, you know, a hundred thousand dollar production. 
But the crazy thing is, this is the same guy who, when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, would come in and buy wristbands while I was working there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Never like, know. it's impressive for him to see, like, the growth. And you're like, yo, I'm going to work with you because um, I want to see you grow. It's the, it's the story and the relationships behind it. But um, then I had to I, I had to book E.T. I had to book the big homie. You know <laughs> and that's my guy. But it's, it's business at the end of the day. And it feels good because I was on tour with him 2017, and he paid me every city that we went to. So for How me did to you turn develop around, that relationship? Working at the Cheesecake Factory. You came in there too? C- no, oh, CJ. Okay. So CJ, ah, that's crazy. All right, so I went, to, I went to college with a guy named DJ Infamous, huge DJ in Atlanta uh, from Lansing, Michigan. And he, him and CJ went to school together. But me and Infamous went to college together. We moved from Alabama A&M to Atlanta together. Right, so this he was working at Media Play, still on the Media Play was like a little, um, you know, it was a little almost like a Circuit City, right? My man's working, making like eight dollars an hour, it's crazy. Okay. But he's on the radio every day too, so his story is amazing. But he, you know, started building his career, and he bought a house. And CJ would come to his house, and I would come to his house all the time, and we'd see each other over there. And CJ would see me wearing my sleepers for Suckers gear, and always talking about it, always grinding, like really, you never know who's watching. Always grinding, like always positive, never like getting drunk and all that kind of stuff. So one day he called me like, yo, man, I'm working with a guy named Eric Thomas. And uh, he has some of the same messages that your T-shirts portray. And uh, I want to give him some shirts. I'm like, all right, cool. And at this point, I never heard of him. But he he sent me some of the videos. And I'm like, yo, this dude is dope. Mm. Awesome. So I give him some shirts and he actually pays for them. Like, I... E.T. impacted me so much through the videos, I was like, yo, I'll just give them to you. Like, yo, it's it, it's on me. But C.J. actually gave me some money for him. So uh, me and C.J. still cool, but I forgot I gave him the shirt. One day, I was I, I went to the club, and I came home. It was like 5 in the morning coming home, 4 or 5 in the morning. You know how Atlanta gets down. <laughs> My boy called me, like, while I'm going to I'm I'm just getting in the bed going to sleep. He's like, yo, did you see the video that E.T. dropped? I'm like, bruh. It's five in the morning. I'm, I don't, bro. When he said it, I wasn't even thinking who ET was because I have a relationship with CJ. Yeah. But I woke up the next morning and my website had mad orders, and they were still coming in. Mm. Like every couple minutes, another order. Ding, ding, ding. I'm like, what is this video? So ET made a video called "Sleep Is for Suckers" and wore one of my hoodies. And from then on, it's just we grew that relationship. That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. yeah. So, so the conference it's, it's going to be. How's this look? It's 63 speakers. Are people in different rooms? How how's this conference gonna look? Yeah. So um I, I go to a lot of conferences. That's why I feel comfortable charging people for conferences, because I pay. Right? There are a bunch of people that um they want to charge people for coaching, but they don't pay for coaching, which is strange to me. You yeah. know what I mean? But I, I go to conferences and a lot of them are a bunch of people, let's say a thousand people in a room, there's somebody on stage, they're gonna speak. And then when they get off stage, somebody else goes on stage, then somebody else. But that thousand people may not need the third speaker's information, right? And they're waiting for the next person, right? Mm-hmm. So we're allowing you to customize your own experience. So there's a huge platform in the beginning. We're going to start it off all together, some games, fun, networking, things of that nature. But then it breaks off into different workshops, breakout sessions. So we got 40, no, we have 52 different sessions now. Wow. So whether it's uh, for people who want to start, grow, and scale their business. So for people that want to start, they don't know what they want to do, but they know what they want to be an entrepreneur. So they might listen to the EYL workshop where, yo, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. That might be a way to start 
business. I, I want to go to Alex's workshop where he's going to teach me how to get into the trucking industry. Uh, Max Maxwell and Tommy Holt Jr., real estate. So people that want to start their business. The next group of people that want to uh, grow their business, they might be an author or they might be in their business, but they, they have no idea what they're doing. They're reaching a the ceiling and they just can't get past it. Um, so they need to learn the fundamentals of branding, marketing, how to run Facebook as Boniface Ogunti speaking on that. Um, the, the, the mindset of getting past your current level of success or just starting to grow. So we got a bunch of workshops on growing and then scaling where it's a little more in, in like uh, detailed stuff for um, getting your website to convert or copywriting. That's really huge. Or how to put together a, fun, uh, a funnel system. Now, somebody that's starting a business, they don't necessarily need to be learning funnels right now mm -hmm. or the psychology behind funnels or even ads. But um, so that group of people start growing scale. Um, 52 workshops, uh, one, two, three, I think four keynote, four keynote speakers. Yeah, so everybody just draws up a schedule and, that, and they go, they follow yep. their schedule. You go, How many you workshops get what you like need. running concurrent with each other? Uh, four at the same time. Four at the same time? Yeah, so first day, two keynotes, then four workshops going on, and then the next day, one keynote, workshops all day, four going on at the same time, and then we got CJ doing a keynote, then ET. What's your goal as far as people? 1,700. 1700 but the problem is the tickets are only $200 so some people may look at it as it's only $200 how impactful could it be <laughs> it I went to, I went to click funnels the joint was a thousand dollars it was an amazing conference yeah. but I, I came with my notes took it really seriously because we invested a thousand dollars but sometimes especially with our people um, low price point doesn't necessarily they, they don't look at it as value so for two whole days, you get to be in the room with six-figure, seven-figure, multi-millionaires, and a billionaire for two whole days amongst 1,700 other ambitious people that you can network with mm -hmm. all for a price of Jordans. <laughs> Less. <laughs> Less. Less. That's crazy. Like I said, Nehemiah Davis said it the other day. He was like, yo, what would it cost you if you're not there? Yo. Cost you your what? whole business. Bruh. Right? Could cost oh. you 10 years. Facts. You know what I mean? Like you Facts. could streamline your business in a day. It's yeah. it's people have to invest in education too. Investing in education is not just paying for college right. or paying for a textbook. Investing in education is going to workshops, going to seminars, yeah. paying for coaching. These mm -hmm. are all things that, you know, if you're serious about taking your business to the next level. Yeah. yeah. I believe life is just a series of decisions that we make. Like whoever, wherever you are right now, it's because of a bunch of decisions that you made yesterday, preferably like, you know, over the, over the years. Where you'll end up tomorrow is about the decisions that you make right now. So I was talking to somebody who lives in Atlanta. Now we got people coming from Hawaii, Alaska, Canada, all over the world. New York, New York, <laughs> son, yeah. they out here. Yeah, Yo, we got we got a lot of people coming from New York That's actually. Fact. But this guy in Atlanta, he was like, "Man, I don't know if I can make it." Bro, it's up the street from your house. <laughs> like you're, you're either going to be in a room where the success and all the answers and the network. You're either going to be in that room, or you're going to be at the crib, or you're going to be at work, or you're gonna, you're gonna make some sort of decision where I can almost guarantee it's not going to be as valuable. You're just making a bad decision right yeah. now. And in he's advance, like, Yo, that makes sense. Oh, in advance, <laughs> yeah. bro, you don't even know what you're gonna do a month from now. <laughs> yeah, like I might not. No, you're making a bad decision now, and you're a month right away. now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we can see like the decisions that are being made. 
I can, and I can see why you're at the, not not judging my man, but I can see why you're in the position that you're in, struggling because of the decision make. How you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. Like, of course, you're not going to make a good decision to come to a valuable conference because you don't make good decisions on what to do with your money. You don't make good decisions to do with your relationships. It's just a habit. David, appreciate you, bro. Man, that was powerful, there. man. Can you tell the people how to contact you, how to get information, how to buy tickets to Real Social Proof, all of that information? Absolutely. Realsocialproof.com. Get your tickets right now. Um, my Instagram is at sleep is for suckers with the number four. You can follow the Instagram page of the conference and see who's going to be there at real social proof. Everybody um, at this table will be there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, make sure, make sure you come to our, our workshop. Yeah, pull up we on need, us. we need to have that fill. Oh, we don't, we don't want to have one person there while we present that. I, I'm <laughs> sure that is what happens. Yo, the crazy thing is like, how do y'all... Man, I can't. I just want y'all on my podcast right? <laughs> because how do you start with an idea? None of y'all got a background of podcasting and grow it to over sixty thousand subscribers. There are some people right now that's listening, like, "Yo, I would love to do what they're doing." Well, they're gonna tell you exactly. Yeah. That's the yeah. perfect. That's the perfect pitch. We're gonna <laughs> reveal all our secrets. Oh, for sure. At the Real for Social sure. Proof Conference, and yeah. it's gonna be a lot of EYL alumni in the building oh, too. For so sure. people that's listening to the to the show, if you follow the show. And you're fans of Earn Your Leisure, you know about Max Maxwell, you know about Alex Good Energy, you know mm-hmm. about Mr. Two Weeks Out, you know about Nehemiah Davis, yep. and there's a bunch of other. I think there's some more Earn Your Leisure alumni that's going to be on the bill as well. We got future uh, EYL alumni. That's a fact. We're going to be networking. I'm going to yeah. be networking for sure. I need to get Boniface. Get, Oh, Boniface Ogunsi. Boniface. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, look, first, I, and I got a shout out. My man came out with me, uh, Kazra, um, the only. The only African American owned payment processing company on the planet. Like started like I'm I'm talking hundreds employ hundred of employ a hundred employees. Like in going through and I, I interviewed him too, um going through how you uh navigate these waters. What's the name right? of the company? Uh E C processing, electronic yeah. commerce. Who's just networking so, just yeah. now? It's all about <laughs> yeah, networking. Sure. It's Absolutely. all about networking for 100%. sure. So he'll be there. And here's the crazy thing. He's an African American in in like a uh, uh, a business model where blacks don't trust blacks, so he was just telling me like, "Yo, ninety eight percent of his clients aren't African American, and he's fine because he's running a business." But it like why everybody else trusts us, but us? Like he's processing billions of dollars. You feel me? Yeah. So mindset man, tailoring. I, 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 had to get, I have to get a plug with my man Cosby. Yeah, he's yeah. like, yo, you coming up to? He's like, yo, you flying up to New York? He said, I'm coming. I said, yeah, bet. They hit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nah, it's gonna be a vibe, man. Like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing all the our previous alumni and then making relationships with new people as for well. Sure. So, There's some people we sure. gotta connect you with out there in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. One in. Yeah. Uh, in. Yeah, Atlanta's always home. So. All right, Troy, housekeeping item. Yeah, shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Y'all know that's our proud to pay program. Um, the support has been amazing, man. And like I said, it allows us to do a lot of things. It allows us to go to conferences. It allows us to, to go all, all over the country, man, to spread the word of financial literacy. And so shout out to everybody that's been supporting on there and to everybody that's supporting the merch. You know, assets over liabilities, that is ours. That is ours. We that's have seen a lot of people. We have seen some people jacking swag. Nah, it's a lot of people taking it. <laughs> uh, we ain't gonna mention names. Our lawyers will be in touch. Um, but shout out to everybody that has supported the merch, um, EYL University as well, um, and everybody that has been using EYL experience to uh, get in contact with us as far as our, our events. 
Uh, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Uh, and everybody on YouTube, too. Shout out to everybody that's on YouTube. We read all your comments. We love it. Uh, keep liking. Keep subscribing. Keep commenting. We appreciate it. Yeah, if you see anybody with assets on reliability, let us know. Like, <laughs> like ODB says, shame on them. <laughs> you know, a lot of people, man, it's, it's unbelievable. My thing is just be original, yeah. and you, you, you'll, you'll be respected for it. Don't take somebody else's idea. But good thing that we practice what we preach, and we do have it trademarked. Trademark, that's a fact. So don't play yourself. Like you will get a letter from our attorney, <laughs> Sabine, the purpose attorney. Um, but yes, yeah, so the book tip of this week is Dreams Are Built Overnight. And you might know the, that. Yeah, the you know, author, you know who wrote that. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. <Yeah. laughs> yes, you want to talk about that book for a minute? Oh, absolutely. So it's uh, called "Dreams Are Built Overnight: How to Create a Bridge Between Your Day Job and Your Day Dream." So it's all the the nuances that I use to make that transition, like the hundred dollar off days or uh, free lunch, where my goal is to just take people to lunch. I ain't have much, but I needed the information, so I take people to lunch. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of um, uh, gems in there, practical steps on how to make that transition from your job to your dream. So um, I've had, literally, uh, most people who read it, they'll tell me like, yo, I've never, I haven't read a book since high school. I'm talking about grown men. He's like, yo, I finished your book in a night. That's crazy. So I was Wall Street Travis said that to me. Oh, word. He's like, yo, I know him. I read his book. He used to work at the Cheesecake Factory. Really? Like, oh, you know him, you know him? He said, yo, bro, I read that book, bro. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I was like, nah, that's I got to awesome. introduce you to him. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. He's going to be there in the land, Yeah, he's right? going to he's gonna be all over with us. Oh, nice, yeah, nice, nice, nice. Oh, that's what's up. Shout out to Wall Street Trapper. Um, all right, well, that is that. We'll see you next week. Thank you for rocking with us. Peace. Peace. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.